Welcome to the Smiles Matter podcast by Microdental Laboratories. I'm Laura Kelly, and it's my pleasure to host our new series, Comeback Strategies for Today's Dental Practice. Well, they're probably, they're going to go to whoever, it doesn't matter, but to people that you know, that call you, that, you know, we sent out some email blast or or text blast the other day. We got many nice notes from the patients telling, you know, appreciating what we've done in the past. Dallas, home of the Southwest Dental Conference, is also the host of several thriving dental associations and study clubs, such as the Dallas County Dental Society, the Dallas Study Club, and the Texas chapter of the AGD. Dallas is a city where many leaders in dentistry have developed highly successful careers, including one of the most respected cosmetic dentists in the region, Dr. Ken Hamlet. Dallas led Texas' largest cities in Forbes Magazine's 2015 ranking of the best place for business and careers. Fortune Magazine's 2017 annual list indicates the city of Dallas has nine Fortune 500 companies, including AT&T and Southwest Airlines a clear reflection of the continued strong growth of the area. But has Dallas ever felt the effects of an economic downturn or the challenges like the ones that we are facing today? I am pleased to introduce Dr. Ken Hamlet, who maintains a private boutique dental practice in Dallas, Texas, focusing on cosmetic and restorative dentistry. A Dallas native, he graduated from Baylor College of Dentistry with a postgraduate degree in aesthetic dentistry. Dr. Hamlet is a fellow member of the AACD and has achieved fellowship status in the AGD. He is a senior clinical researcher for the dental advisor and a senior clinical instructor and lecturer for the Rosenthal Institute of Aesthetic Advantage courses at NYU for the last 18 years. Dr. Hamlet has also been recognized as best dentist in Dallas in cosmetics for 18 years running. Please welcome Dr. Ken Hamlet. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you, Laura Kelly. I appreciate the honor. So, we have some interesting times today, don't we? Yes, they're very interesting. Uh, the whole uh, area of dentistry is, has changed over the last couple of months with the, the COVID crisis. Yes. And, and exactly. we're all kind of struggling together to kind of figure out when it's going to end and when we can get back to business. We're still keeping in touch with our patients. That's one of the things we were going to talk about uh, a little bit later about developing a rapport through this time through email and texting by connecting to the patients. Yeah. And and before we jump right into, I think it'd be really interesting because you have such a a strong career and really accomplished lecturing and teaching career as well. How did you become interested in dentistry? Well, I became interested in dentistry because I always like working with my hands and like building things. And I, I like the visual part of putting it all together. And I had Menders, so I decided to go to, to dental school. So I went to college in a pre-dent, pre, uh, pre-medical program and went to Baylor Dental School, which has now changed its name to the Texas A&M School of Dentistry. But any event, some of the things, some of my mentors was uh, Dr. Don West, who I purchased my original practice from out of school, and he helped me get started. And then, of course, we all know Larry Rosenthal, who helped me become the cosmetic dentist that I am today. Yes, I know. It's an exciting career. 
It is, it is. The biggest challenge for me, I think that was one of the things we were going to discuss, is the challenges that I've faced. And I've been very blessed, and, and my challenges have not been great. But I think it's one that all dentists are not, or a good portion of dentists will, will happen on, and that's burnout. And early on in my career, I was facing burnout, and I wanted to basically quit dentistry, find something else to do. I was very unhappy. And in approximately 1993, Baylor Dental School here in Dallas offered the aesthetic continuum, which covered multiple weekends over many months. And these, we were introduced to outstanding clinicians in, their, in each of their fields, and we were also introduced to hands-on training in aesthetic dentistry. And as we have said before, one of the structures was Larry Rosenthal, who after many courses asked me to become one of his clinical instructors for Aesthetic Advantage courses. And we had the uh, pleasure of teaching at uh, hands-on courses and lecturing at Baylor Dental School and Palm Beach and a school in Palm Beach and, and Kentucky Dental School and NYU Dental School. And, and for nine years, we taught in London. From these, I went on to lecture at many dental conferences, such as the AACD and the NYU Dental Meeting and the, or in the Southwest Dental and many others. And the greatest thing about all the travel and the lecturing was that I was able to re return home from these lectures and hands-on teaching, and I brought back to my patients the latest in dental procedures, and I developed a reputation in dental aesthetics. And I also early on partnered with a great lab like Micro Dental Lab, which and who I consider and continue to work with for twenty over twenty years. Yeah, when we when we learn together, we 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 sort of stay together. I think it's one of the things that we've. Uh... Well, we do. We know we knew the early owners, Andy and George Heights, uh, who uh, their father I think started Micro, and then they took over, and then from there it changed, and now you're head of the head of the pack. At uh, micro, so there's been a lot of uh, changes, but a lot for and, and all for the good, and it's grown and stayed in business where a lot of labs have not been able to. Yeah, it's a lot of good people on the on the lab industry side and just just throughout our profession. And you know, it's it, what I think is fascinating when I'm hearing what you're sharing right now is you know, like you talked about burnout and you talked about investing in yourself and finding kind of like that lane that really gave you a lot of the right courses and the right people to help you through this. You have to reinvent yourself. Do you see that changing as we come out of this into this new environment, right? We're we're going to be coming into a new a new dental environment. There's going to be some struggles and challenges. Dentistry, as I said earlier, will never be the same after this. Even after 9/11 or the financial crisis, that is not going to be like it is now. I mean, in, in Texas and I think in California and many states, dentists were not allowed to, to practice, basically, unless it's an emergency. And, you know, for me, there's not that many emergencies because most of the things I've taken care of. So we're basically not working until the crisis is, is gone away. And we really don't know when that's going to be. We hopefully, possibly June, I'm looking at, not before, maybe first part of June, we're hoping. But as we come out of the, the crisis, it's going to be a slow ramp up. We hope to bring on our staff again 
And throughout all this crisis, we have touched base through email and texting through a, through a company we utilize, Lighthouse, to uh, stay in touch with our patients and letting them know that we're going to be back, that we're there for them, and uh, in, in keeping in touch with the team to let them know that we're there for them too. But it'll be a slow ramp up when we come back. I think there'll be still some fear with the, with the patients about going to the dentist, the, maybe the aerosol, maybe who knows what. There might be some fear like AIDS crisis all of a sudden, you know, where before we washed our hands and did our business. And now then we always started to have masks and gloves. And, and so I think we'll have to be more conscious of the sterilization technique, although we utilize the best now, we'll probably have to double utilize whatever we're doing and have to reassure the patients. And economically, I think the patients are not, a lot of our patients and everybody else's is not going to have that disposable income. As we said earlier, uh, Dallas, a lot of our patients are in, in the oil business where we know what the oil prices are now. They will be back. Everything will come back. But where I'm heading, a lot of people have been furloughed. A lot of people work with the airlines we deal with. A lot of people are just mid-level management that have been laid off. These people right now, although in their unemployment, the government has done well by that, they're still going to feel somewhat insecure for spending for dentistry unless there's emergency. So we're going to have to look at some financing, maybe working with the patients, maybe working like with care credit or whatever to bring the patients back on board. We may have to change our hours a little bit because they may not, if they get back to their job, they may not be as easily to get off as before because everybody's ramping back up. So I think it's going to be a, a new field out there. And I'd say 10, 12% of the dentists probably will not survive. They'll be bought up by the corporates, uh, the fee-for-service industry that I practice, you know, we're very blessed. But even that's going to change to some degree. I'm not sure how yet. I don't think anybody knows how dentistry is going to change, but it will. But our the greatest thing is we, we've developed trust with our patients. I mean, during periods of crisis, we focus on guiding the staff with continuing education. We try to be motivational practice management training. I mean, you can't let your practice management people go. You know, Kathy Jamison has been so good to us in the past, but we've developed a lot of trust and empathy in we, with our patients, and, and we've developed personal relationships. And those people, those dentists that have that relationship that we've grown to, to have over the third generation of my, my patients, you know, we're going to survive. And because these people know that we have their best interest in, in, in our hearts and we want to do the best for them. So that's, I think, some of the things that the guys need to know or ladies need to know coming out is that you need to develop or have developed the ones that will survive are the ones that develop those personal relationships with the patients, with their labs, with whoever, their staff, so that it becomes a team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, this is this is really good stuff. I mean, I, I'm hearing this common theme of like, you know, the, the networking that you have, the professional network that, that you've created. 
but also being really flexible, you know, and adapting to, to what, what will be unfolding, you know, in front of you and staying really connected to your patients. You will have to be, you're going to be, you're going to have to be fast on your feet. You not, may not be able to do that. Those big cases that I have been fortunate to do and you guys have done so well with me, those big cases are not going to be leaping out the door like they were before this. You know, used to, you did 10, 12 veneers, 28 teeth, whatever it took, the people, okay, fine. Now, even the wealth, even the people, they're going to be a little more cautious about this. They're going to, you know, they're trying to get their kids back in school. They're trying to get their businesses back online. So they have many more focuses other than maybe cosmetics. It's there, they'll get to it, but it's not going to be the first couple of months. I mean, you just, the personal relationships, I cannot emphasize that enough. That's what's going to make you survive. The ones that, you know, did the insurance and the patients came to them because they're on the plan, well, they're probably not going to, they're going to go to whoever. It doesn't matter. But the people that you know, that call you, that, you know, we sent out some, email blast or, or text blast the other day. We got many nice notes from the patients telling, you know, appreciating what we've done in the past, looking forward to, us to getting back together. Yeah, that's really good to hear. You know, I, I'm wondering in, in 2008, did you have a, a fee-for-service practice in 2008? And, and- I've always had a fee-for-service practice. Okay. I've been very lucky. I've, I will, we will file their insurance, but we don't really accept what the insurance pays. We have a fee schedule. We stick to that fee schedule and we'll accept, you know, reimbursement from the insurance company, but we, you know, charge the remainder of their credit card. And most of the time we charge our fees and then we'll help them file the insurance. So even in 2008, we, but in that, saying that we, we had, worked out financial plans with some of the people. I mean, the long-term patients, the one you trust, you know, that needed the work, that's different. We either did some personal financing, which I don't necessarily recommend unless you really know the people, but we had a lot, you know, with outside credit sourcing. uh, Care Credit was one we utilized quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even then it was a little slower. The big cases took a little longer to turn around, but then after a period of time, but we were never out of work like we are today. I mean, this is a whole uncharted territory for all of us, even the labs. I mean, nobody really knows how, when it's going to end, how it's going to end, and, you know, how soon we can get back into business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I, th- I think you're right. And I think uh, I think all of us in, in the profession from the manufacturing side to the lab side to our, you know, all of our suppliers, the dentists, I mean, we're all looking at, we know we're going to be different, right? We know we're going to come out of this different. But I think um, also, too, I think we can be, um, we can be stronger, we can be more efficient. I think efficiency is the key. I think you're going to have to be very efficient with staffing and supplies and everything, but you don't want to cut it to the bone. You're foolish. You need to spend your money wisely so you can provide this, you know, with the staff or the labs or your suppliers so that you're able to provide the patients 
with what they need. You don't want to bare bones this thing. You know, you've got to come back strong. No, this is good stuff. Is there is there anything in particular when you're talking about efficiencies or processes or technology? Is there anything during this kind of downtime or any uh, thoughts or running through your mind of something that you're interested in that you you think you might be be looking at uh, as as you uh, come over this and and out of this? I think that digital dentistry is 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 very up and coming. We utilize Itero and. We'll scan cases, and I don't really scan full mouth cases, but I'll scan individual units. I'll scan for Invisalign. I'll scan for bite appliances. I'll scan for many things. So, and a lot of dentists are scanning and producing their own crowns. I, I don't do that, but I don't say it's good or bad. So I think that's one of the things is I think digital dentistry, digital solutions, digital uh, planning of cases at some point we'll be able to do digital wax ups we already can to some degree digital mounting so i think that part of dentistry will will change Mm -hmm. and be more Mm -hmm. utilized what am i you know what are you doing now we're looking at a lot of ce online you know i'm looking at financial courses online just to figure out how to travel through this time just from an economic how to you know come out of this financially you know so i'm able to ramp up so you're spending a lot of time now trying to learn things that you can utilize in your practice when things start back up yeah that's that's really good um information because you're right a lot of people do have some time right now and we have to keep our minds focused on on working towards the solutions right for for ourselves and for, for everybody, for the team. Patient. I mean, yeah. you want the team to yeah. learn some things. There's, you know, uh, while they're while they're at home. I think one of the things, or two things that I would say, is that through during this time, and I've said this before, but I want to reiterate this because these comeback strategies are very important, and I think being there for your team and patients, you need to reach out to either each of them. Maybe not weekly, maybe every other week, whatever, because you want to keep those personal relationships going at all times. And reaching out to the patients, letting them know we are there and available for them and they're not forgotten. And so we do that by, you know, texting, whatever. And we want to keep everybody informed about when we may start up and hopefully sooner than later. In my my biggest advice is developing those personal relationships. It's not all about teeth and money. You know, all that, the money will come for those who care for the people. And I built myself on pers- my practice on personal res- relationships, you know, taking care of the people, you know, not so much looking at that tooth as a crown, but it belongs to a person. You know, like I said earlier, we have the third generation of, of a lot of our patients. And so we know the families and we know their kids and we know what they do, where they've been, who they've been married to and who they're not or whatever. So, I mean, I try to touch every person that comes to this office literally by saying something about them or asking something about where they've been, what are they doing to make it feel like it's a personal practice. 
the dentistry, it's it, there's all dentists are great in their own way. But if you know the patient, you respect the patient, and you give the best you can do, then it will come to you. That's great advice. It, you know what I'm, I'm hearing from you is what you're sharing is uh, is something that someone in an established practice cannot engage with with their patients in that in the way as someone building a practice. You know, a young dentist um, out of school or an associate uh, in a practice. It's it's the same the same strategies that you're talking about right now, you know, as far as really developing. It's, it's for everybody. It's what I started out. I, I made friends with the dentists. I made friends, you know, with the older dentist. And, and you know, it now, I, every day, I try to stay in touch with my dental community because, you know, they're home. They're home with the kids. They're this, they're that. They're out of their norm. So, I, you know, we all try to reach out to each other you know, how's it going? How's your sanity today? How do you like teaching the kids, school, homeschooling the kids? Whatever, you know. Are you drinking more? Are you drinking less? Are you eating more? You know, whatever. But just to let everybody know, because right now I'm looking at open window and there's no, nothing on the street, nobody's moving, nothing's going on, which it should be. But still, you know, life needs to go on. So in our little sequestered homes, offices, computers, we need to know there's other people out there that care, that are interested in what we're doing, even what Netflix program we're watching at this moment. Yeah, you're talking about the, that human connection, right, that we all really need and love. And, yep. and uh, yep. we're yep. missing a little bit of that, but I think you're right. People are putting, um, they're spending more time really thinking about how to maintain uh, those relationships and, and uh, being being part of this community gives us that uh, uh, that opportunity. I, I can't thank you enough, um, Dr. Hamlet. You've really shared some great strategies on how you got to where you are today, and um, you know how you you're being very real about it. You know, is what I'm hearing that this is this is something real we're dealing with, but we're going to get through this. It is. It is. Yeah, we're going to get through this. Yeah. It's not going to go away quick enough, but. It's going to be there. We'll 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 survive. I've reinvented my staff many times before. You know, when I learned the aesthetics, when I went on to teach, when I developed my practice. So I, I'm constantly trying to reinvent myself. You've got to change. You can't sit back. Right. Don't let it just happen. You've to got you. to grow. Do something. Do something. Move. Move in that in that positive direction. So. Um. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time, Dr. Hamlet. We look forward to uh, connecting with you again. And thank you for, for taking the time to pass along some really great, great uh, inspiration for so many people to hear. Um, thank you so much. Have a great day and, and can't wait to get you back back in, uh, you know, a handpiece in your hand. <laughs> great. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to the Smiles Matter podcast, created by Microdental and Modern Dental Laboratories. For more information, you can go to our website, www.microdental.com slash smilesmatterpodcast, or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are available. Thank you for listening, because we believe that smiles matter.